what is going on, guys? This is the FBL Talk Podcast. I'm Will. And us. And we're here to talk about Double Game Week 37 and Game Week 38, the last two game weeks of the season. So this is the last episode for this season. We might be coming back next season, but we're still debating whether or not we will. Uh, we will have one more episode that's going to be postseason podcast. Yeah, so before we start, check us out on Twitter at FBL Talk Podcast. Check out our website at FBLTalk.com. Check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate, review, like, subscribe, and let's get started with this episode. So how about them fixtures last week? I mean, they were like pretty good. It's only, I'm only saying that because I did pretty well. But um, yeah, Liverpool drawing to Stoke, that was actually a really big surprise. A lot of people, if not like 80% of the world, captained Salah and he didn't return for the first time. Yeah, you're right, it was disappointing. But at the same time, I feel like in retrospect... Like, we could have probably saw that coming. Like, it's Stoke. They're fighting for their lives. Liverpool are fighting for Champions League. I think Stoke, trying not to get relegated, like you said, you made you made a really good point last week, which actually made me think about my captaincy, is that the Stoke guys and the West Brom guys are, like, whoever's going to get relegated, they're fighting for their wages. Like, they're literally fighting for their wages. That's the biggest reason I didn't captain Salah. And I knew everyone was going to do it because he's just on great form. And I knew Stoke was going to put up a good fight. So both teams kept clean sheets, and unfortunately we didn't see anything from Stoke. And we, yeah, we did see them have like a few chances, and Salah did miss his chance. That was like right in front yeah, of him. Yeah, he did have a chance, which was really disappointing because you know I would have expected him with the kind of form that he's on to finish that. But yeah, it was really disappointing for a lot of fantasy uh, people, well, fantasy managers that captained Salah, including myself, because you know he had the golden opportunity, he missed it. And, yeah, we just kind of have to live with the consequences. But, uh, yeah, great clean sheet for Stoke. If you had any Stoke defenders, it's great differential. I don't think anyone has any Stoke <laughs> defenders at this point. Maybe their keeper. But, yeah, Butland, I think, would have been a great option. Yeah, and I think Butland has the most saves in the league at this point. I think he's surpassed Fabianski by maybe like 10 or 15 saves. But another similar result we saw was from Burnley and Brighton. I honestly thought they were at least going to score like one goal each team. But Burnley kept a clean sheet. That's really good for a lot of people who own Burnley defenders. But not so good for Barnes, Wood, Goodmanson, you know, like the Burnley uh, midfielders and attackers. And on Brighton's side, neither Murray nor... Gross. Yeah. So that was just... uh, Those two first games were kind of... I mean, they were really good games. I thought there was, like, pressure from both sides, and there could have definitely been goals. But they just ended up with um, 0-0. Right after that, we have Crystal Palace destroying Leicester. This came out of nowhere, and I don't think anyone expected it. I mean, no one expected Leicester to keep a clean sheet, but people are expecting Vardy to start scoring at this point. Like, I think he's gone blank. Him and Mares have gone blank for the last, like, three, four games. Jamie Vardy's not having a party. And, I mean, Vardy did have a chance to score, and he didn't. And Zaha went crazy, and MacArthur scored, and I'm surprised Milivojevic didn't score because... He's usually the point getter, like every week. And even, yeah, I mean, I guess Benteke really wanted to take that uh, PK and he didn't let Milivojevic do it, so. Yeah, I think the red card Mark Albrighton had with the breakaway challenge uh, against Saha, I think it was. I think that really helped Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, at that point it was like 2-0, but I mean, Leicester could have had a chance to come back from that. But, I mean, playing 10 men down against Crystal Palace, playing in that form. Great win for Crystal Palace. Yeah, I think for PVA owners, you know, Van Arnold, he's like picked up a clean sheet and the goal as well. So tons of points there. 
Yeah, and right after that, Huddersfield played Everton. Huddersfield just has shitty games to the end of the season. Like, I would just not get any of their defenders. I mean, I know Schindler's made it to the Dream Team a lot. And, like, some of their, like, other, what, Zonka plays for Huddersfield, right? Aaron Moy. Yeah, so, I don't know. They're playing really, like, top-table teams. So, I would steer clear of their defenders. Maybe get Mounier. He's really cheap. But what is he, what is he really going to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, they're kind of, like fighting for their lives as well, because they're kind of close to the relegation zone. And with Southampton and, and Spurs kind of picking up points this week, you know, they're definitely in contention with, with the relegation battle. So I feel like defenders may be a clean sheet, but you're right, with Huddersfield's form and the kind of player, kind of teams that they're playing, um, yeah, it's just going to be a really edgy finish up, up until the end of the season. Yeah, and um, from Everton's side, I mean, we have, like, you have a lot of good options. I mean, Pickford even like can be like a good pick for a keeper, but at this point, it is like kind of late to bring in a keeper, so you're just like risking points or like free transfers if you bring in Pickford. Yeah, if anything, I would probably go for Baines or Coleman. I think yeah. with those two coming back in the, into the teams, so, like they're just a different team defensively. Yeah, they they're helping out so Everton because that's. I mean, I, the, the center of Everton I always thought was Baines and like Coleman too, but Coleman was out for most of the season because that injury from last year, and. I mean, Tosin's been doing really well. Ever since they brought him in, they've just like been scoring, and he's scored the majority of their goals since he's been back. Balazzi is great in midfield. Walcott's doing a great job, too. And uh, Guy, yeah, he had that great goal. Just like shot it from outside the 18, I think. Speaking of clean sheets, West Brom against Newcastle, and they actually won the game. Yeah, that was pretty unbelievable. I mean, they just like scored the goal, like I think, towards the middle of the first half. And I think they just knew they had to get three points. Um, they're still last place, but they're like, I think one point or two points apart from the next team up. I think they're, I think it's like two, maybe two. Yeah, I believe it's two points. But if Swansea, who's at 33, they're only at 33 points, whereas West Brom's at like 28. So you figure if they can win the next two and Swansea loses the next two. I mean, it's probably most likely they're going to get relegated at this point. But yeah, um, yeah they're, they're still in it. So Yeah, they only have two games and... Swansea has three actually. Swansea's in is at risk of, of relegation because they're only like one point apart. They're I think sixteenth in the league right now. So West Ham's right behind them, and Stoke, and then West Brom. So I think Newcastle is also facing some sort of a threat because they have not been doing well in their last games. Like they won a few, and but now it just seems like they're going to lose. And I don't think they have good fixtures coming up. So congrats to West Brom on that win. Southampton too. It seems like these bottom table teams are like waking up. Um, oh yeah, I guess it wasn't West Ham that's going to be relegated at this point. It's uh, West Brom, Stoke, and Southampton, and then West Ham. Who scored for Southampton? Tadic. He was just on fire that whole game. You should have seen his goals. Great performance from that guy, and I think he was on the Dream Team, if not the highest points in the Dream Team this week. But yeah, Bournemouth didn't really stand a chance. I mean, King had a goal, but it was kind of... But it was really lucky for him to be at the right place at the right time. And I don't think Bournemouth is, is at any risk of like relegation at this point. But if they don't pick it up, it might bite them in the ass. Yeah, Southampton, they, they play Everton next away. But after that, they play Swansea. Um, I, I think that game's also away. But the fact that they're playing Swansea, I mean, I feel like they actually have a chance to, to save their, their season. I mean, they could, but Swansea's also fighting to like save themselves, you know? I mean, yeah. They were actually at a big risk of relegation last season, 
And they're even worse this... Well, actually, no, I think they were worse last season. I don't know. Swansea went through a phase last season and this season where they played, like, really shitty, and then they got really good, and then they played, like, just, like, shitty again. So I think that's a trend with Swansea, especially this season, them losing Urente and a lot of their, like, key players didn't really help them a lot. But I'd be focusing on, like, Abraham or Jordan Ayew or even Carroll. Fabianski... Last resort. Make it or break it. And they did lose to Chelsea 1-0. I'm not sure if it was like Chelsea's performance isn't really up to par or like Swansea just like really defended really well. But I'm not really liking Chelsea's performance like as of late. And we've seen like the last six, seven, eight games they played. It was just like, I don't want to say trash, but it's almost like that. Yeah, I think there is actually hope though on the other side. Because if you look at the table... You know, with that win, with Liverpool dropping points, especially, um, you know, they could easily come back, you know, especially if Liverpool loses or gets another draw, you know, they're back in the, in the top four race. So I think Chelsea, towards the end of the season, will probably try and step it up. Yeah, if Liverpool focus on the Champions League and Premier League, I think they'll be like completely fine. Because Liverpool has like a bunch of good fixtures, maybe like one bad fixture. Well, they actually play against Chelsea as well. Oh, is that the next week or is that the last I, game of the season? I believe, I believe it. That's that's the next next game is they play Chelsea. So, what about the champions beating the shit out of West Ham? This I think this is the second week in a row West Ham loses four one. So they lost to Arsenal four one, and now they lost to Man City four one. I think they they might just keep losing because they have really bad fixtures until the end of the season. So it sucks for them. I think maybe they have one good fixture at the very end, but. Anyway, City is just unbelievable. Like, it's, it's something unheard of. They're going to just break records now. I'm pretty sure Guardiola is not going to really, like, hold his, like, really good players back because they don't have any other competition they're playing in. They want to just break these records and make it hard for any team in the future to, to break their record that they're going to break this year. So I think Guardiola, kind of contrary to what we thought, is going to field a lot of his good players like Sterling, Sané, Bernardo Silva, Jesus. Jesus is getting a lot of playtime because Aguero is out. And he's on form. So getting Jesus or getting KDB, Sterling, Sané, I mean, those are the guys you want to focus on. Not so much their defenders because they're going to be, like, relaxed in the midfield up top. Their defenders are going to be taken by surprise like almost every other game. Yeah, I think Man City are great options uh, going forward, especially because they have the double game week coming up in game week 37. Uh, and again, great fixtures. It's kind of been difficult in their midfield, I think, are are a little more prone to rotation. You know, you're going to go on, especially David Silva. Yeah, I think David Silva especially is kind of a concern. He's someone that I brought in, but, you know, he, he had spent so much time away with his family because of those family issues with his child. Um, so it's kind of been hard to read in midfield. But if you look at the wingers and up top with Jesus, like, they're just scoring goals for fun. Yeah, and the top uh, players that have assists this season in the Premier League are like the top four or top three are all City players. Like KDB, Sterling, Sané, and I think David Silva. So if you want that midfield that just stack up on on Man City players. (laughs) Yeah, no, I said KDB. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah, Yeah, sorry. I missed Um, that. Yeah, but anyway, moving on from that game, uh, Man U played Arsenal, and I think they barely escaped with a win. Um, Arsenal was... Being dominated somewhat by Man U, and I think their goal like kind of helped them get hope. Or I guess that was like Winger's last game of playing against Man U. 
Yeah. And yeah. I think, I mean, he fielded a really young team, which I thought, you know, they surprisingly did really well. I mean, they were going toe-in-toe with Manchester United. Yeah, for and that's that's Wenger's strategy. He plays like the young players because he wants them to develop. It's been his strategy for the last 20 years. And, I mean, that's how he makes money. Bring them, like, cheap. Uh, bring them in experience. Let them play against the big teams. Get a lot of experience, a lot of that game pressure. And then sell them to other teams for insane prices. Look at Sanchez. I mean, Sanchez had experience before, but he's done that with a lot of players. Pogba finally scoring. Uh, Lukaku, I think, is out. I don't know for how long um, due to an injury. But, uh, yeah, Fellaini with uh, almost two goals. I think he scored one. Yeah, he's a, but it was an offside, and then he just... He's a tree of life. I honestly don't know why they don't let him play more. He does play. I mean, I think he fits Mourinho's style in that he sort of offers a different option towards like the end of the game, especially because he's such a physical presence. He can play in midfield, and he can also be like used as a secondary striker to kind of go- get goals on set pieces, sort of like how West Brom do when they bombard the, the goal with <laughs> a bunch of free kicks and set pieces. So, yeah, that's just the kind of player that Fellaini is, and he's actually on his last year in his contract. So I, I think they should probably renew it because he's he's been a great player for Manchester United. And last but not least, the Spurs against Watford. I don't know how they won that like and kept a clean sheet because Spurs weren't really playing that well and like Watford had so many chances. Uh, Gray and Richarlison had like easy chances to score. I mean, I'll give it to Lloris. Like, he got like a lot of like good saves, but Spurs' defense was just all over the place. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it was. It's it's concerning because I I think a lot of teams are really gearing up for this double game week with Harry Kane in their minds to triple captain, especially. And uh, yeah, a performance like that is just defensively just re- really disappointing. And I mean, Harry Kane had quite a few chances on goal, which was encouraging to see. But actually, his goal was kind of funny. Like he got past the ball and he wanted to kick it, but he slipped. So he fell on the ground, and the ball just like went to the other side of him. And I think, I forgot who it was, I think it was Trippier. He gets it, crosses it back. By the time Kane gets up from his, like, from him slipping down, he just one touches it into the goal. Yeah, nobody was marking him. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think the ball was actually played behind him in the first cross. And then after that, Trippier, I think it was Trippier that picked it up and, and slotted. Or I think it was Davis, wasn't it? No, Davis? I think it was Trippier. Okay. Yeah, he got the assist. So hopefully we can see a better performance from Spurs. I mean, they have a double game week, and I'm counting on Kane because a lot of people want to triple captain him, but I'm thinking there's, like, other options that might be better. It's It's just with City, yeah, I mean, Jesus or Sterling, they're great options for a triple captain. I just don't know if they're going to be rotated. I mean, Aguero's out, so we can count on, like, Jesus being in, but who knows if Guardiola's going to flip a switch and decide to have Jesus play one whole game and then sit him the next one and play Bernardo Silva. Yeah, that's the thing with Kane is that he has the potential to, to do what we've seen in the past. and But the way they've been playing recently, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just, it's definitely they have good fixtures. It's just risky. The other thing, too, is like you, you know Harry Kane's going to start those games as opposed to Man City where things are a little more questionable. Yeah, so whoever has their triple captain, it's like a 75-25 they're going to captain Kane. you know, And whoever has their bench boost, I think that's going to be a really good strategy i think it might even be better than the previous week because a lot of these like teams have good fixtures and they play twice so who knows maybe the bench boost will be better than triple captain this week or vice versa as for the goal of the week i think it has to go with crestwell you know yeah that free kick west prom they went toe-to-toe with man city up until halftime yeah i mean it went right over the wall and like straight like there's no chance for ederson he was going to save it so goal of the game week right there 
And let's actually take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about strategies for the last two game weeks, captaincies, clean sheets. Okay, so we're back, and we're going to talk about our completely opposite performances in the previous game week. I'll go ahead and start because I know you're going to be like a little depressed, so we'll have the good news first. I ended up with 58 points. I honestly thought I had a chance at winning this game week, but we'll talk about that in the third segment. But for now, I got pushed up to 57K, nowhere near my 10K goal by the end of the season, but there's still three games left, so we'll see what happens there. My main point getters were Pope, Trippier, Ward, Sterling, and Kane. I mean, Kane gave me the same points as Sterling with the captain on. Almost wanted to captain Sterling, didn't, pretty unlucky. And there's no way I was going to predict that Trippier is going to like get 12 points. How'd you do? Yeah, just uh, really depressing stuff like you uh, like you mentioned. I, I got 33 points. Was, 11 points below average. Yeah, it was just terrible, terrible game week. I, I had such a great start with because uh, I played the uh, the free hit. But this game week, I was just so unprepared. I didn't have the players that I wanted, which were City players and Spurs players. I, I had tried to bring in David Silva, who didn't play, uh, so that was just a huge, huge hit for me. Should have taken a hit for Sterling. Would have been worth it. Yeah, yeah. I think in retrospect, that probably would have been the right decision, um, being that he got three assists. But I captain Salah for six points, so that was the most <laughs> points that I got the, from a single player. Uh, I guess Kane, he he got a goal, so that was another six points. But uh, yeah, How does that make you feel? And then Matt Ryan, he was on my bench for ten points. I brought in David Silva for Mares, who didn't do anything anyways because they lost. That's pretty unfortunate. And uh, yeah, David Silva was benched. So so that brings you down to what rank in the world? So before I was at 13k, now I'm at 22. So that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm still behind you by like I think 30 points or something. But I'm kind of left in a situation where I don't know what I need to do this game week because I, I'm just not sure Silva's going to play. Sometimes you just got to sit down and write it all on a piece of paper. I think it works really well. Thanks, works for dude. me. Thanks, dude. That's, That's part of my like it's great advice. strategy and planning. <laughs> but let's jump into uh, upcoming fixtures. Let's talk about Double Game Week 37. First, so just starting off, it's looking like Brighton is just going to have a shitty run of fixtures till the end of the season. So I would think twice about bringing in their players. Even Murray and Gross, we know they get a lot of points, but it just seems like bad deal. Same thing applies to Huddersfield, same thing applies to Newcastle, Southampton, and West Ham United. So, I mean, I don't really want to talk about those teams and like who they're playing for their fixtures because it's honestly pointless. They're, they're going to have really tough fixtures, so just steer clear of them. What about good fixtures? Well, I think Manchester United is a really clear one, but is Lukaku going to start? So that might actually be a good game for someone like Rashford. Uh, to come in. Could be a great differential there. Uh, I think Pogba is also another great option, being that he's on form. Uh, other good fixtures, well, Man City against Huddersfield. I mean, Huddersfield at this point are pretty much the whipping boys of the Premier League right now. So definitely load up on Man City players. Chelsea against Liverpool. I would kind of stay clear of that. Kind of a lot of uncertainty there with Liverpool likely to play in the Champions League final. Any other good fixtures to mention? I mean, for the first, actually, both of the fixtures in um, double game week 37, we have, I mean, Spurs, Man U, like you said, Man City, 
Liverpool, unfortunately, doesn't have a double game week uh, because they played most of their fixtures when the other teams kind of were busy with, like, FA Cup. But, I mean, Spurs playing Newcastle, this seems like an easy game for them, but I just, I don't know. The way Spurs have been playing, I don't know if they can feed a lot of balls to Kane or, like, just... I think the problem is, like, midfield. And then when they, like, attack up too high, they get countered very easily and the other teams can score. No big deal. Again, and this is going to be at West Brom at home. West Brom playing for their lives at this point. So, I mean, this could be the game where they... Oh, yeah, I was talking about the second one. Yeah, so the first one they're playing against, West Brom. Yeah, West Brom is pretty much going to try to tie and win every single game. Well, they're going to they're going to have to go for the win for this game, I think, because if they don't, you know, they're going to be too far in points. Yeah, so that might be an advantage for having Spurs players because if West Brom has no choice but to like win, like they can't just go for the tie. That means their defense is going to be caught off guard. So it's going to have a lot of like good balls from the midfield to Harry Kane, hopefully. But I wouldn't say that so much about Newcastle, the West Brom game, even though they tied Liverpool. I think at this point they really need to win. So that's an advantage for West Brom, but also an advantage for Spurs. Leicester's playing West Ham. I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. It's just Leicester's a big question mark. I'm even thinking about like transferring out Vardy because at this point it's just, it seems like pretty hopeless. And the moment you transfer Vardy out, he scores a hat trick. I That's what I'm afraid of. That's a realist, unrealistic prediction. <laughs> yeah, at this point podcast, it like yeah. Vardy. And then Leicester plays Arsenal, so they don't really have the perfect game week, but they're playing two games. And Arsenal is playing Burnley. I don't know if that's going to go well for Arsenal because I think at this point Burnley can just like whip Arsenal. Uh, Swansea and Southampton. Why? Well, I, I guess we should, we can cover Southampton. They they first play Everton away, and then after that they have another away fixture against Swansea City, which I think will probably be a defining moment for both teams. Especially if the point gap is still really close. I mean, if Swan, if Southampton win that game, they could, they could potentially pull out of the relegation battle. So. Yeah, but I also think, I mean, Swansea just has like a, I guess, a relaxing set of fixtures to the end of the season. So they could capitalize on this. They could keep winning. So I'd keep an eye out for their players. Yeah, I use like in really great form right now. So I, I think he'd be a great option going forward. Yeah. And maybe pick up uh, Tadic. I mean, if you can't afford other players. Tadic is on form. I think he's trying to carry Southampton. So that's going well for them. And last like good point of that double game week is that after Man City plays Huddersfield, they're playing Brighton. So it's just like they're going to play games for like the hell of it. It's like they're playing practice. They're going to play so relaxed, win easy, hopefully. Probably not clean sheets because Brighton has Murray and Gross. And then game week 38, Burnley played Bournemouth. I think that would be a great fixture for Burnley, possibly for a clean sheet, especially because they're playing at home. And as Liverpool against Brighton, I think Liverpool is probably going to go into that fixture, guns blazing. Especially Mo Salah, he's going to try to just beat that record. Yeah, and I, I mean, we've seen Brighton get, get wasted against Liverpool at the beginning of the season as well. Mohamed Salah. Yeah, and that wasn't even like home. So Liverpool playing, is playing home this time, and we know how well they do at Anfield. Man U is probably going to whip Watford. And Chelsea's playing Newcastle. I'm not sure if they can actually like whip Newcastle. But the way Chelsea's been playing, they could even tie with Newcastle. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 1-1. Man City's last game is against Southampton. That's going to be really tough for Southampton. Spurs is ending the season with Leicester. That's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be at Wembley. Yeah, I would expect Spurs to win that comfortably, especially in the kind of form Leicester is in. I mean, Mahrez isn't really playing for anything at this point. I think he wants to leave Leicester. Yeah, I mean, he's wanted to leave for a long time, and it, it really shows on the field. So I guess the 
the real thing I'm actually looking forward to is just seeing all these like bottom table teams fight for like not being relegated. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most end of the season. Other than Man City breaking all these records and Mo Salah kind of winning the golden boot. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's really interesting at the bottom being that it's it's so close. And if you're looking to close gaps, I would definitely try and go for those players because you know if they do score well, chances are a lot of those players other managers aren't going to have. So Swansea, I, I think, are a great option because they have great fixtures against the likes of Southampton and Stoke. Um, you know, they could easily pull away with two clean sheets. Yeah, and speaking of clean sheets, I didn't want to go into depth and like which teams are going to get clean sheets because the fixtures kind of speak for themselves. Easy clean sheets for all these like top table teams playing the shitty teams. And that's pretty much it. Just go with that trend and it'll like kind of help you decide which defenders to pick up. Because there's no way anyone can predict. Kind of like if you have Burnley playing Bournemouth, no one is really going to predict if either side will keep a clean sheet. Because anything can happen at that point. Because at that point, the risk of the other team scoring on the team you're hoping is going to keep a clean sheet is increased by way more because they're two shitty teams. So what kind of players are you planning on bringing in? So I'm thinking like Swansea players, Arsenal players, more Man City players, and probably getting rid of Vardy, maybe getting rid of a, a Spurs player, kind of clear things up. I mean, if, if I have like unnecessarily expensive players on my team, I'm probably going to switch them out for the cheap ones that have a higher chance of scoring or getting any sort of points. Yeah, for me, it, it's it's really difficult. I, I could potentially, to free up cash, get rid of Alonso, but Alonso does kind of have great fixtures, and Chelsea are playing for top four. So. Yeah, and it, he's not suspended anymore for some reason. I think maybe they appealed it. But yeah, when you go into the app and click on Alonso, the kind of red bar that shows he's like suspended until like the second half of the of game week 37 is gone. So. Yeah, yeah. And William, although he does post the stats, like he's not really performing. So well, know, he's not getting that much playtime. So that's that's a problem. Yeah. I'm so, probably going to take him out. Yeah, I feel like I have to take out William as well. And I, I'm actually thinking of getting rid of Salah, you know, surprisingly. He he only has two games left, right? As opposed, you know, if I can get a Man City player instead. Are you crazy? You know, that's madness. I mean, there, it's. I think it's a realistic option because he, he's there's so much money vested into Salah. He's got very high ownership. I'm sort of looking for a differential pick, and at the same time, you know, do you really expect to see Salah score so many goals in the last two game weeks? That's actually a really valid point. I mean, you're making you know, me think about with, it now with but Champions League in mind as well. That's just way too risky. Like not having Salah on your team and finish the season. I mean, same thing could happen to you to what happened to Sudley United, man. He just fucking fell because he didn't captain Salah. The game week, he had like four goals. Yeah, but I mean, like, who am I bringing in? I'm, I'm bringing in... I, I would probably bring in Sterling. Possibly. Well, Son didn't really have a good game, so I, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to bring him in. But someone like Eriksen or Deli Ali. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that, that's a valid point. I it, mean, could, it could work out. They do him. have more games than Salah. So, yeah. that, I mean, for a game week, that could get you more points. I just... You never know when Salah is just going to score. Yeah, I mean, Salah, he can score against anyone. And I guess the kind of thing that sort of turns me off this week is the fact that they do have Champions League. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen if they're going to go through. Uh, they should go through. but uh, And then after that, they play Chelsea. So that's going to be a difficult fixture right off the bat. So if I want to get rid of Salah, probably now is the time to do it. Yeah, and it's going to be a really expensive option to bench Salah. The way Chelsea's been playing, he can score two, three goals easy. 
Okay, so before we get to the third segment, for captains, we kind of decided. I mean, I'm not final on who I'm going to triple captain, but I'm definitely using my triple captain this game week because there is no other game week to use your triple captain. Yeah, I, I'm going with the same plan, using my triple captaincy. Right now it's on Kane, but I'm kind of thinking about possibly picking one of the city boys, either Sterling yeah, or Jesus. Yeah, same. I mean, I'm thinking about like triple captaining. Yeah, exactly. Either Sterling or, or Jesus. I mean, those are the only standout options that could just give you a shit ton of points all right so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna end the show off with the last segment of our talk oh shit (laughs) (laughs) all right so we're back and this is gonna be the last time no it's not we're gonna have one more uh league segment towards the end well i guess the last episode is just gonna be segment three I mean, I don't know if anyone really wants to hear about what happened the last, like, three game weeks or whatever. So, yeah, anyway, we're going to talk about the league right now. First place, Wijnaldum Leviosa, again, went back up, pushed you down to second place because the gap between your scores is just too big. It's, like, almost double. And I'm still in third place, didn't go anywhere. Spartans is in fourth. Gregor United moved to fifth. Studley United is in sixth place right now. I think that's the lowest he's been this season. Pretty sad to see, but I mean, it's reality. It's like all those other teams that kept going down and down and down. And I don't know. I mean, hopefully he can go back up, but who knows? IDFC is back to seventh place now. And we got Klopp for the Cop after that. Show me the Mane and Alzami. That's top 10. All I want to talk about bottom teams don't matter anymore. Not even. Um, but what about Benteke Fried Chicken? Yeah, I don't know. He's not. I don't know if he can do anything at this point. He's used all his chips. so And he's used all of his hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the, at, I think in the last episode, we're just going to total all the hits that everyone took and see, like, the most hits that everyone's taking. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Benteke Fried Chicken. But there was that one guy that took a negative 24 one week to switch out his whole team. Nuts. So, yeah, Nuts. we'll figure that out later. But that's the league. Those are the rankings right now. And Game Week winner was unfortunately, I mean, good for him, but unfortunately for us and everyone trying to keep up with your six game week wins was uh, FC Icarus, the guy who I think was in like 19th or 18th place, and now he's in 14th. So he jumped up a lot because he got 64 points. We'll see what he can actually do in the double game week. And nothing much else to add there. So let's talk about the Dream Team. Yeah, so Dream Team for Crystal Palace players, which is, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm seeing this because at the beginning of the season, they, they, they didn't score for like seven games. Right, yeah, that was exactly the point I was trying to make. Like, they were the shit team beginning of the season, and they've like turned the tide. Like, I'm so proud of Crystal Palace. They've done really well. I don't know if any team has had like four players on the Dream Team. Maybe Man City before, I'm not oh, sure. Maybe they had three. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a lot. So who from Crystal Palace is on the Dream Team? So in defense, uh, PVA, as well as Sako, Sa- Zaha, and MacArthur. Yeah, Zaha just like is going off. I mean, I want to bring him in. I have Milvojevic, so it's kind of I don't want to waste a transfer to bring him in because they can both do well. I'm just disappointed that Milvojevic like kind of blanked. Like he just got three points for a clean sheet. You know, cool. But yeah, the other players on the dream team though: Tadic, Trippier. We got Baines, Ryan, and goal. Guy and Jesus and Sterling. So if you're not going to pick like Sterling and Jesus and like Zaha maybe and even um, Trippier and Baines from this dream team to go with you for the rest of the season, then 
Good luck. I mean, those are like easy go-to options to pick for your last two game weeks. So, anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I just think City are pretty much the best options that you can go for right now. They're on form, scoring bags of goals. Crystal Palace, I think they're kind of, I'd say they're probably safe at this point. Um, so, players like Zaha, I think, are offer really great differentials as well as value towards the end of the game weeks. It's just unfortunate that they don't have a double game week. Yeah, yeah. So definitely go for double game week players, I think. Yeah, so crazy predictions. I'm going to have to say that Salah just scores five goals in the double game week. And then you sub them out, and it sucks for you because you don't get Salah points. And that's going to be my crazy prediction. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to take out Harry Kane for you know someone like Murray, and he's going to score five goals. It's pretty unrealistic. Harry Kane? <laughs> No, Murray. I'm gonna take out. You're not gonna take Harry Kane. I'm gonna take out Harry Kane for Murray, man. No, okay, okay. Realistically, pretty bold movement. Realistically, someone like Vardy would probably be the first to to go out of out of my team for someone like Murray. Yeah, and I'm just like we mentioned earlier. I'm just worried that if I take Vardy out, he's gonna just go ham with the goals. It's gonna be pretty bad. So that's it for this episode. Stay tuned for the final episode that has all the prizes announced, winners, results, everything, and check out the website. Yeah, do you want anything else before we... Uh... Uh, yeah, season four of Fortnite's out. So after this podcast, I'm definitely going to be hit, hitting the controllers there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Deli Ali, I think, uh, streams. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And he did that uh, He did that celebration for Fortnite after he scored in that game against Watford. Yeah, he actually yeah. plays with uh, Harry Kane and uh, Harry Maguire from Leicester City. So it's... I mean, honestly, after practice, I, I don't know what they do. So, I mean, playing games is kind of like... It's kind of like college students. Like, they have practice, I think, from, like, 6 or 7 a.m. all the way to maybe, like, noon or, like, 1. And then I think they have the whole day, like, I, w- I wonder if out. he gets paid to play, like, by Fortnite. Like, think about it. Like, if he... If, like, as an advertisement? Yeah, yeah. Like, I doubt it. No? You don't think yeah, so? I don't think they yeah. can even afford paying him. Because Fortnite, I think, it was, like, what, a startup game company or something? Yeah, but they're making absolute bank right now. Like, yeah. tons of... They're racking in I mean, that's what happens, money. like, when everyone just plays your game. Like, this small game that no one has heard of before. Yeah, like, apparently, like, Microsoft and Sony, they're getting record profits because of this game alone. Because, you know, if you're playing console, you're going to be playing on PlayStation or Xbox or on PC. So, yeah, it's just a huge money business. Yeah, maybe we should make a podcast about Fortnite next year. Fortnite Talk. Instead. Anyway, check us out on Twitter at FLTalkPodcast. Check out our website at FLTalk.com. Support us on Patreon PayPal. Check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate, like, review, subscribe. Yeah, so have a great game week. Good luck.